Welcome to the Rainbows and Rain podcast for early interventionists. My name is Erica. I'm an ECSE teacher in Minnesota, and I created Rainbows and Rain as a way to connect with other providers in the field, trying to grow in their own practice as we all put best practice and research to work in real life and on real visits. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own visits and interactions with families. Welcome back again to episode 15 of Rainbows and Rain. And I was on break last week. So I took a break from the podcast. Uh, It was spring break. So I spent that time kind of reflecting and disconnecting from work life and work things and just kind of taking care of myself and my family and my home and things like that. Um, So it was a really good break. It was a really good time to kind of disconnect and uh, again, just kind of reflect on what I've been doing and how I've been doing it and why I've been doing it so you so I can come back kind of rejuvenated. Spring is kind of a time of rebirth and rejuvenation and all of that stuff, you know, going on outside here. It's spring in Minnesota, so snow is melting, it, the weather's getting warmer, things are changing. And I kind of like to take a look inward during this time of year, um, especially like during the break time with the spring break happening just recently. And just, again, reflect on what I've been doing, you know, on visits and at work and with team members and with families. Like I said in my intro, I am a early childhood special education teacher So I'm a teacher by trade. I became a teacher because I love learning. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm a huge nerd. I like learning new things. I like learning new ways of doing things. Um, So that is just a little bit of who I am and why I went into the teaching profession. But I did not start out in this field in early intervention. I actually started out as a kindergarten teacher and sort of fell into the early inter- early intervention field. And once I did, I never wanted to go back to that classroom life, you know, for several different reasons, a few of them being I just really liked the idea of working with the youngest of early childhood, the early childhood population. I like the pace of early intervention, uh, the variety. I love working with families. The few years I was in the classroom and started off in the classroom, I would often find myself kind of getting bored or in a rut with a certain way of doing something. And I just ended up kind of hating it, um, hating that feeling Um, and that kind of routine of everything being the same. And if it's one thing we can count on in early intervention is that no two visits are the same, no two families are the same, variety is plentiful. And don't get me wrong, I love visiting classrooms and I love supporting those professionals working in classrooms, working in daycare centers, Um, 
in preschool rooms or other classrooms I might see. It's just not where I was meant to stay. So this episode, the theme is really about um, reflecting and finding ways to rejuvenate and recharge and looking at my own practices on visits and am I satisfied with myself and what I'm doing or is there something I could be doing differently or better? Like I said earlier, I just really like learning new ways of doing things. Um, or doing things differently. Or maybe it's a question I heard somebody ask and I'm like, that's a really good question. I'm going to use that question. So I just like to use this time of year or this time of year just really reminds me to really reflect and start and just think about those things as I look towards the end of the school year or as I look to summer when there is going to be a big period of, um, a time to recharge um, my battery levels and things like that. Um, Because, you know, the energy you bring into a visit really kind of sets the tone for the visit too. If there's a visit I'm really dreading and, and it's, I'm probably dreading it because maybe it's a really difficult visit. Um, You know, it's, there's a lot of mental health things going on or basic need things going on, or I'm trying to balance a lot of elements around the home and how I fit. So, I mean, not every visit is perfect uh, by any means. So just kind of looking at myself and how I impact the progress my families make by just, um, doing what I do every day. And in addition to all of that, I do have a student teacher that started with me recently. So she's on week two with me. And um, she, her presence is just making me really reflect on what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and how I'm doing it, because I know she's watching and learning from me. So that's another piece um, to this uh, feeling of what am I doing and how could I be doing it better? I typically know I need to change something when it's something I don't like to do, when it's something I start to kind of not look forward to. Uh, one thing I had to think about as we went back to in-person visits this fall was that visit sheet. How am I going to share information with families? You know, now that I'm back in person, am I still going to do it through email or text or a Google Doc? Or how is that going to look? I played with several different ways during COVID while our program was virtual for 18 months. Um, But like going back in person, I really wanted to figure out how I was going to do this. Prior to the pandemic, I had a little bit of a system in place. I had started bringing my iPad out on visits and taking notes that way and in the moment and then finishing them up in my car after the visit and then sending and sending that visit note, that joint plan that the caregiver and I created to them. Um, I wasn't totally satisfied with how that was going. So 
and then the pandemic happened and is still happening. But anywho, a lot of us that went back this fall to in person were thinking about that. Like, how do I want to share information with families? So like I said in a previous episode talking about that joint plan and that visit sheet, I absolutely believe it's important and it, it there needs to be something documented after the visit and it needs to be shared some way. I've typically been using a Google Doc and I have this template and format I use, but I've really been kind of not looking forward to filling those out lately. And finally, um, right before spring break, I just said to myself, I don't like this. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like how I fill it out. And I'm going to change it. And I kind of just went back to what does this really need to say? Because I like to simplify things a lot. I want to know just the easiest and simplest way to do something, to share something, or to say something. So that's the approach I took with my visit note is what does this really need to say and share? And, you know, again, going back to just kind of the look of things too, like the aesthetic of things, you know, I don't want it to be too wordy, you know, and sometimes I feel like that's the problem with email. Oh, it's another email of like two paragraphs of something I need to read and figure out. So how do I also make this visit note visually appealing easy to read, easy to remember, um, and of course, implement, right, is the ultimate goal. I'm not having problems with, you know, families implementing that joint plan. It's just me, myself, sitting down, documenting it on that note, and then sending it. The school district I am employed with um, has us divided into regions, So I um, am a part of a region group that has myself, two other ECSE teachers, two speech pathologists, one occupational therapist, and one physical therapist. So we kind of form this team in this region. And every Thursday afternoon, we meet as a team and as a region. And that's our time to kind of get together, to problem solve, to share Um, and kind of handle just housekeeping things like placements and things like that. Uh, Right before spring break, myself and another teacher were having problems implementing some strategies in a daycare setting. So both me and this other teacher, different daycares, of course, different kids, but the same problem. And it really helped to kind of sit down and bounce ideas around in that group setting of the six or seven of us. And uh, we came up with an idea uh, none of us had really tried before. So we've all tried implementing visuals at daycares, right? Um, We put them on a ring or we want to post them on the wall because we know kids, especially Um, certain kids that are really visually visual learners that those visual pictures can really help. So again, I'm not talking about a picture exchange system or communication system. Right now, I'm just talking about visual prompts, visual cues to kind of help enforce appropriate behavior. 
So like what we do with our hands versus what we don't do with our hands. So um, that kind of thing. And the problem myself and a lot of other providers I've connected with have had is we make them, we bring them, but they don't get used very often or they get, you know, set down or lost or forgotten or one staff member took them home in her pocket and then they didn't bring them back. So it's just kind of this, you know, it's something we want to do. We know what'll help. But, you know, how do we how do we implement it in a way that's going to be accessible and easy? So what we came up with is, as we were brainstorming as a team, is what our classrooms do in, in preschool, which is most of our, you know, paras and assistants and teachers and, you know, all those related service providers they typically have those visuals attached to them in like a lanyard form. So then we started thinking we could bring the visuals on a lanyard. And that really got us all kind of thinking like, hey, okay, well, what could this look like? And how could we implement it and and so on and so forth it's those simple things i feel like those little things that can be the ultimate game changer in implementing something new um implementing something that's going to make life just easier kind of like my visit note like is there a different way to do this is there an easier way to do this these visuals it's like we still want to implement them but we got to find a way that we can help staff manage them and use them. Uh, just a little side note about those lanyards and the visuals on the lanyards. Um, myself and the occup- occupational therapist I work with, we went out to that daycare to introduce this, to for, specifically for this little guy. But of course, it benefits everybody in that daycare classroom. So when we brought them, we kind of got this blank stare back from the two staff members we were um, coaching and talking to. And all of a sudden, I kind of looked at my OT and I said, we're going to model this. So um, I I said, uh, Brittany, Brittany's her name. I said, put that lanyard on and I'm going to wear one too. And we're going to model this for both of you. So we kind of interacted in that room, just like the staff would and kind of showed them, yep, you have these around your neck and this is how and when you would use it. Um, So they also would feel comfortable knowing how to use what the tool we were giving them. So it wasn't just that, oh, put these on a lanyard and drop them off and they'll use them. It was ultimately like also modeling for them how you would use them. And I've definitely done that before, minus the lanyard, you know, on, on a ring or a flip book or, you know, putting it on the wall or even asking them where would this be helpful to post. Um, but again, it never really, it wasn't the strategy. They weren't able to implement in the way that I had hoped they would. So, um, 
crossing my fingers for when I go back this Thursday with the OT, when we kind of check in and see how things are going with this little guy and behaviors and some sensory things that number one, the lanyards are still there. And number two, hopefully they're using them. And number three, I'm really hoping that they've helped kind of decrease some behaviors. As I just wrap this episode up, I really encourage everyone listening that you kind of do these same do the same reflection with yourself. It's It's been really helpful for me just to kind of ask myself, why am I doing what I'm doing? How am I doing it? Is there a better or easier way to do it? Or is there anything I want to change about how I'm doing this? So again, uh, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Um, Thanks for listening. If you have any thoughts on this topic or any feedback for the podcast in general, please email that to me at E-R-I-K-A-B-O-8-0 at gmail.com. If you're listening, please don't forget to rate, review, or follow the podcast. And again, I hope you join me again for another episode of Rainbows and Rains.